This podcast has been rated, uh, we have actually no idea, by the Motion Picture Association. You're going to have to take our word for it. This might actually be family-friendly and probably isn't. From Rochester, New York, the home of a lot of people who are confused as to what the hell Chris is talking about at the moment, this is FC3 Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky, and everything can be geeky if you love it enough. My name is Chris, I am your host, also with me right now are my dearest friends Daniel Carmen and Tanya Metris. We miss our Billy, we don't have a Billy today, but we're going to try and soldier forward and see what we can <clears> done, <throat> even though in lieu of, 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 of us being gimped at the moment. We tried to Deanna, but that didn't necessarily work because she needs. I love how you made that into a verb. We tried to Deanna. I love that. That was hilarious. That's <laughs> well, awesome. it's a lot better than we tried Deanna. <laughs> we, tried to, we tried to Deanna. I, that's that's going to be a thing. All right. So that's uh, D. You're, we're going to have to figure that out. So what does it mean to Deanna? It's it's to be. Um, open-minded and and, uh, and practical she, and, and she likes of, this movie there's a certain level of pragmatism involved in that okay so yeah and she like unlike you she actually likes this movie it's weird she like likes saying, Mel Brooks movies I'm just not a big fan but well, that's, you know, the and that's the thing we we, we trundle into this every so often like with Monty Python Mel Brooks and I'm sure there's a couple of other genres of of geek type movie where it's just we lose the Tanya and I don't expect it. I always, cause I know that there's, I know there's a certain level of exposure. You have not had to certain things, right? So I'm figuring we'll introduce you to this. You'll get a kick out of it. You'll understand what we're talking about. We'll move on. And, and, and then to you know, like, you know, I get these text messages. This is agony. I hate this. What is going on here? Why are you doing this to me? Help me. And it's like, I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I didn't know you weren't going to like it. And, and, and it's like, I feel horrible. <laughs> but we like really, it. <laughs> and, and that's okay. I'm just like, I don't have to like everything that you guys like. And true. and our friend Mark showed up yesterday and he's like, it's good to be the king. I'm like, now I understand the reference because he uses that one a lot. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, okay, now I understand the reference, but. Doesn't mean you like it. <laughs> right. Doesn't mean you like the reference. Or, yeah, or whatever. So. <clears throat> But, uh, you know, yeah. it, we've, we've toyed with the idea of letting Tanya pick the next movies. I'm, I'm a little hesitant. On <laughs> <laughs> Why? I'm just saying. Uh, Don't you know me standing up out of my chair was not an invitation for you to try and figure out what's going on. Lay down. Leave me alone. You still stink. I'm staying. <laughs> That's because of the skunk first. Skunk, yes. yes. Juno met her first skunk and it did not go well because she was like, oh, look, wiggly thing I can play with. And the, and the wiggly thing she could play with was like, oh, God, look at the huge thing. <laughs> and spritzed her. Yeah. She took a point blank shot in the mouth because I think she was just uh, like so excited to. Like, you know, Woo, a playmate. <laughs> yeah. And so she got. And, and because I don't know if, if. Who was I describing this to the other day? She does not wear a collar when she's home. Right, I take her collar off, and usually when she and when she has her collar on, we go out for walks, or we're going out to visiting, and we're going to go play in the park or whatever, because it has all of her tags on her. So she rattles, you know, mm -hmm. she jingles like a freaking you know uh, reindeer sleigh at Christmas time. But um, or more obnoxiously, we hear those um, sleigh bells ringing and yeah. So when we're home and she's running around, she's chipped and she's really good. She's really well behaved. I can let her out into the yard, and she's going to stay in the yard. She doesn't bolt away, and she you know she'll come when she calls, etc. So I don't leave her collar on when she's home and um so she snuck up on this thing 
she had to because you know I've had her claws freshly trimmed, so she wasn't clicking. You know, she's running down the driveway, so she must have been right on top of it. And uh, so it hit her in the face point blank. Uh-huh. And poor thing, she was choking on on it on the musk and and spitting it up for a while. But she'd gotten a, a you know fair dose in the face, and you know I tried to bathe her as best I could because it was you know freaking twelve thirty one o'clock in the morning. Oh, you know, <laughs> oh yeah, and then, and the unison was kicking in, so I'm like struggling oh. <laughs> at this point, and 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 so I'm exhausted, and and of course, you know she rubs her face over everything, so the entire house is uh. skunk at the moment. <laughs> oh jeez. But uh, I got to the pet store. Oh, here's my be- here's my favorite part of the story. This because it, it gets better if it oh. could. I get to the pet store. I, I told my boss what's going on, so he lets me hit, hit there like during my break on work Wednesday. And um, I get the cool the the good shampoo, and I get the the anti odor spray, you know, from the pet store. So the really powerful, good stuff rated, you know, and and the mm-hmm. and the the, the odor deodorizing sprays all organic and everything. So I'm like excited to, to use it. And uh, I get home and I give her a bath and, you know, I'm working it and trying to get the stuff into her fur and hosing her down and whatnot. And we're drying her off and I let her outside so that she can kind of like just go pee and run around for a bit before I go back to work. And all of a sudden she starts doing that sliding in the grass thing, mm-hmm. which I expect I've seen her do it after baths in the past, but she wasn't quite aiming. She wasn't quite paying attention where she was. So she slipped <laughs> through a pile of her own poop. Oh, no. <laughs> And oh, I saw geez. it, and it was just like with the freaking skunk 12 hours earlier. I saw it and processed what it was a millisecond too late. And it was the same thing with the pile of dog poop, where it was like I saw it, and I saw her heading towards it. And I'm like, Jude, oh, no. And she stopped, and she like goes, goes careening right through it. I'm like, oh, oh God. So I hosed her down in the yard and then took her back upstairs for another bathroom, for another bath. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> the fun and part been, of dogs. That's yeah, why it's to stay inside. <laughs> yeah. And I've been systematically going through the house and, you know, deodorizing and taking thing, blankets and pillows and stuff and mm-hmm. throwing them through the wash and whatnot. Wash everything you can. I am. <laughs> right? I am. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and and twice in some cases. Oh, yeah. You know. It's crazy how much that smells that sticks to everything. It's amazing. It is amazing and disheartening, I will say. Yeah. <laughs> it's slightly disheartening. Well, yeah, I was like, geez. <laughs> I'd be more impressed if it wasn't in my house. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, so geez. anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that's... Fun stuff. <laughs> so and then you know, and then I had my uh procedure on Thursday. Yeah. And and that was entertaining. So and you were totally out, right? Yeah, yeah. So you you just woke up and like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I barely remember waking up from mine because mine was also saying, oh, you have a cancer. Oh but, god, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They didn't, you know, they didn't do that. They they did remove a polyp, but yeah, I haven't. Heard I, don't, that. I don't actually actually don't remember them him saying that because I but I do I do remember I had the picture from it. Mm-hmm. You get pictures. No, pretty I didn't exciting. get pictures. I got pictures. Pretty exciting stuff. That's nice. Little eight by ten for the wall. Yeah, so hanging up and you know looking at it every day and yeah. um, <laughs> no, just for the, <laughs> the, the the output that he gave me, gave, you know, just to show show what you know, show the tumor and stuff. Like, oh, that's nice. I will so, tell you this. I mean, they I've been put out. You know, this is the second time I've been put out, and last time it was much smoother. This time I was a, I was wrecked for the day. I was oh, really? just oh my god, I was so I was so shaky and. Hmm. And, uh, and I went home, I, I think I got home around noon and I laid down on the, on just to get 
just take like a quick nap, and next thing I know, it was like six. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I, don't, I, was, I wasn't that bad. I, I, I was just groggy for a while, but then I, I don't, I might have napped a little bit afterwards, but I wasn't mm-hmm. too bad, too bad of shape. So, um, yeah. Hmm. But yeah. But it's good. It's good to get, you know, to check out your innards. So there's nothing major there. So that was good. Yeah. I suppose if there was anything, you know, glaring, they probably would have said something about it. So, and I really yeah. haven't heard anything like, you know, you have to see this person or see, you know, have this follow up or whatever the case may be. So, yeah. I'll take it as a win so far. Yeah. <clears throat> they, they've seen enough of this stuff. So they know. I know. Mean, I hear more. I hear a lot of people. They, they, they it's not uncommon to find a, a little polyps in there that they pull mm-hmm. out. So, mm-hmm. so that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I did what you've been asking me to do. I followed up and did my middle aged man duty and, and and took care of that uh, rite of passage for being All right. fifty. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> hey, better better to safe than sorry. So good to check it yep. out. Yeah. Yep. Get your get your fifty year uh, check up there and <laughs> just 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 know, ladies and gentlemen, that if you ever want to be part of the the board of directors of the Flower City Comic Con, you have to be like the rest of us and have a camera up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's doing it. Everybody's doing it now. <laughs> All the cool people have done have done it already. Exactly. Oh, it's, it's like, okay, um, what's your t-shirt size? What do you want to say on your business card? And when can you schedule your colonoscopy? You know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I am late to the party though, because I've heard you got all of you talking about it. And it's, you know, it's like, wait. I feel left I out. What do I, I feel left out in a very deranged way? <laughs> so that gives everybody an idea of the age age of the board here. Yes, know? yes. <laughs> we're we're we all act immature and young, but we are not. <laughs> young. Now, now, now Anne is the baby on the board, isn't she? Yes, she is. Yes, yeah. she is. Not by much. No, <laughs> but she's couple still years. The, she's still well, the baby. Yeah, she just recently she just turned thirty. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> And, and holding, yes. And holding, yes. <laughs> I guess that'll be a question. That'll be a question of the week. If you could pick an age that you could that you remember fondly and you just want to stay at for the rest of you know time, what 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 year would that be? I think thirty would probably be a pretty good uh, age. Let's see. Okay. Yeah, 20, 27, 28, somewhere in that neck of the week. I don't know. My students at work over the summer they have no clue how to gauge somebody's age. They believe me to be like mid 30s at the most like 38 39 mm-hmm. nice so they right. have me at 10 years younger than i actually am and yeah and, and i get that a lot just too. about that right yeah <laughs> i'm almost like oh you're my favorite <laughs> they're like what and i'm like i'm gonna be 50 next year they're like no you're not and then they look back at my sba and she's like well how old am i they're like well you're 40 like 40, 41. And she's like, oh, no, honey, I just turned 60. They're like, what? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Versus, they, versus I have my, my youngest who proudly says my, my age to anybody who asks. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. I know, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> well, my mom had Tyler, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, believing when he was younger that my mom was 36 for like the <laughs> longest time and he believed her to the point where when uh she had to go pick him up at school one day because he wasn't feeling good or whatever and he goes oh this is my nana and uh and the, said to the principal she's 36 and the principal or the assistant principal looks at her over tyler's head and mom just put her finger up around over her lips to like 
<laughs> we're not modeling him. So for the longest time, he goes, okay, Nana, in June, you're going to be 37. In June, you're going to be, and I'm like, Tyler James. I go, if your mother is such and such age and Nana is my mom, how can she be younger than me? My mom's like, shut up, shut up, stop it, stop it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't quite fly anymore because no. he he's figured that out. Yeah, yeah. but I, I remember being when I was younger. I mean, these the, when you get over a certain you know twenty, basically when you're like at high school, just, everything's it old. Seemed, yeah, you don't. It, it it was hard to gauge people. Mm-hmm. But of course, sometimes you could tell by the way they dressed or acted. Yeah, that's true. You know, you and, could tell. I, that's true. When we when we were what, young, if you hit, as soon as you hit fifty five, you were in like check trousers and orthopedic shoes and polo shirts all the time and stuff like that. Yeah, you know. Well, I, I, mean, I look at pictures of of my baby pictures and I see my grandparents and and I know that I'm only like five years younger than they were. Mm. I'm five years younger now than they were when I was born, mm-hmm. and and I'm I'm like. I mean, khakis and cargo shorts and t-shirts and jeans and sneakers and I'm like yeah. dark hair and like, wait, what the hell? <laughs> I'm still jealous of your hair. <laughs> I, I wish, you know what? I wish I knew how I've been so lucky for this. And I really did. With all the stress you've been through in your life. I know. Yeah, seriously. no kidding. How, how no, I have a full head of hair and I'm not gray. You it's just. No hair. And, uh, I mean, come on. You should be stressed And, and you don't use the uh, Grecian formula for men either. I do not. I have only dyed my hair once. I have only I have only dyed my hair once in my entire life. It was my freshman year of college, and it was for theater. Yeah, right. I just and it was just like just almost. It was like a just kind of a glancing thing. It wasn't even like a full like bleach or whatever the case may be, kind of a thing, and you know just a highlight or whatever. And Mm -hmm. and that was it. As soon as I grew out, I haven't done it since. Yeah, and and people are like, oh, you know, like like Dan when we went to our high school reunion a couple years ago for our thirty. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they're, they're all the guys are all staring at me like, all right, you know, what's your what's your what do you do? What, what, and I'm like, nothing. <laughs> I get it cut yeah. every so often by this really cute redhead. You know, that's about it. Me, young. <laughs> that's it. That's it. You had to have the right redhead in your life, apparently. They're apparently, yeah. Yeah, mine's my barber. There you have it. So, I I don't know. I really yeah. don't know because I you know we we talk about this all the time. We throw people off with our ages, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 and. Um, like I get these older uh, property managers and they'll be like, Oh, you're too young to know that. And I'm like, and I'll start making references to the thing they're making references to. And they'll look at me like, how do you know that? And I'm like, I was a kid when that was out. Yeah. Come on. And they're like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We age. Well, we don't, we don't act old. Yeah. That's the thing is it, I think my secret to aging is that I just try not to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't go out of my way to, to, to focus on, I mean, I feel it and I know I've been griping. I, I, I'll gripe about it a lot, but it's usually for comedic effect more than mm-hmm. anything else. You know, like, oh, I feel old today. You know, it's, it, it's, it's more for that than anything else. But, you know, it's, I just, I go about my business. I, and I, I've done that too, except for the, the past year. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the past year has, has definitely changed uh, my viewpoint a little bit, but I can't um, imagine this past year not aging you in any way, shape or form. Yeah. But I'm still, I'm still trying, I'm still trying to do as much as I could before and trying to be as much as, you know, I'm keeping my sense of humor. I'm not, yes. I'm not letting it get me down. Well, it, gets, it gets me down, but it's not, I'm not letting mm-hmm. it keep me down. Right. But, but you know, and I'm still running, I'm still doing whatever, you know, so I'm still trying, but it's definitely uh it definitely opens your eyes. 
Yeah, we're still trying to figure out why do you run? Because he can. <laughs> because at, 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 his, at our age, are you freaking kidding me? If I could be a marathon man, I would, but I can't. I'm not it, capable of that it, shit. It helps so. keep me sane. It's it's my it's my me time. It's the yeah, time I can it's just always shut, been a, shut it's up. It's always no, time of therapy for you. Yeah, seriously. I have I, a different I mean, different version of me time. <laughs> Shut off, and I can shut off. I just I put in. I'm listening to books. I, you know, usually usually listening to books on tape, you know, recorded mm-hmm. books, and just just out there outside. You know, usually out. You know, outside and just running in an hour or two or three, whatever. Then it's just time with no one bothering me. Yeah. So it's just I don't know. It's a, it's it's how I de stress and stuff. So it, it's my my time. More power away. to you. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta have your right. own way to deal with things. That's one of my ways to deal with things. So yeah. Okay, so talking about aging and yes. and things that are not aging or whatever, this okay. movie that we're going to be talking about truly is it, it, it can be made today. Oh no, definitely could not. No. So no, no, no. so it we'll is. take a quick quick break and then we'll come back. There you go. <laughs> she's trying to keep us on point right now. Did you notice that she was? She's the one. Who's Otherwise, this on is Dan and Chris, or Chris and Dan. Dan and Chris saved the world with commentary just of me every so often in there, and oh, that's, that's a fair. Friday podcast, not a Wednesday podcast. I suppose that's fair. Okay, we didn't do it last week, so you know we got to make up for it. Yeah, no kidding. All right, let's take a break. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> a new fragrance from the line of the Mighty Monkey. Spoilers. When you want that little hint of adventure. Spoilers. When you know it's coming, but you're not sure after all. Spoilers. When your PSA makes no goddamn sense, but you're gonna go for it anyway. Spoilers. Spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so we're coming back in three... 57, 42, hut, hut. (laughs) We are, we are lovingly predictable at how stupid we are sometimes. (laughs) Hence, appropriate for this movie. Right. So, so Mel Brooks, 1981, right? Is this, this is 1981. June 12th, 1981 was date. The History of the World Part 1, which you know, as, as we said during the break, Tanya was like, this is a movie that cannot be made today. And, you know, it could barely be made back in the 80s, I think. It really was pushing some some edges. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's, it's like, I don't know how to phrase this. I just, when you look at it from within the culture, I, he, he really was using a lot of the good old-fashioned Jewish comedian humor, mm-hmm. right? The puns and the and the, the cultural references and the religious references and being Jewish himself, you know, looking in, you know, looking out from inside the, the sphere, he could make those, those observations, you know, whereas, whereas if it was, where, where if it was somebody else looking inward, you know, without that, that history, without that knowledge, then it could, you know, you're like, Oh wait, you're, you're, you're using a caricature, then, you know, probably not as acceptable. Right, you know, it, it's like could anybody, be, could anybody but Mel Brooks have made this movie? No, God, no, no, absolutely not. It, it's he's that I think that's part of his genius is the fact that he knew he could. He it's not so much walking the line. He knew he could step over it, stand there, do a little dance, a little soft shoe, 
and mm-hmm. and people would laugh because they were with him on the joke. They knew he was laughing about it, so they he, they would they would join him, essentially. Right. You know, and and I think that was part of his brilliance is that he just f- flaunted that line, mm-hmm. and they had a great time with it. You know, you could just tell everybody who was involved were having just as much fun making the movie as he did writing it, probably. Right. You know. I mean, I can't imagine that era in in comedy and working with with him and everybody who was in this movie. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was like a who's who almost of you know these names in this movie, right? You know, it was just it's you know cameos by you know John Hurt, you know Hugh Hefner, um, yes, Barry, Barry Levinson, Jackie Mason, uh huh, you know or, Orson Welles narrated. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> I, and I of mean, course, the first arch critic. <laughs> In the in the way that or, or only Orson Welles could exactly, and and you know the Sid Caesar, Shecky Green, Gregory Hines. This was great. This is Gregory Hines' film debut. Was it really? That's what it says. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is actually kind of nuts. Dom DeLuise, Madeline Kahn. Dom DeLuise was a Mel Brooks staple. I mean, yes. you knew if if Dom was if uh, if Mel was making a movie, Dom was probably going to be in it. Hmm. We see that with a lot of with the, the, a lot of different people. With, you know, if if there's someone so is making a movie, you're go, almost going to see going to see somebody else in this. You know, that other person in the movie. Like Adam they have Sandler. their own stable, like their their usual folks. You were yeah, sorry, you were saying Adam Sandler has um. There's people who's almost always in Adam Sandler's movies. Oh, Rob and, Schneider. Yeah, Rob Schneider. Um, there's other people who are like that too that always yeah. make, you know show up in the, someone else's movies there. But well, think of um. Oh God, who was behind? Who was director? Of the um, the oceans movies, because uh, you can always it's Clooney, Pitt, Matt mm-hmm. Damon, you know all those guys that you know, that showed up in the oceans movies. There was basically just a a glorification of, of the usual cadre of folks he would work with. Yeah, yeah. So you see on, that. <clears throat> so we start. Even so- Soderberg. Soderberg. I, I kept yeah. wanting to say Sondheim, and I know that was the, yeah. the guy <laughs> behind the musicals, the classic <laughs> musical. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm 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 in I'm in nowhere near close enough. But uh, thank you for your. Just a second, I have to close the door. Just a second. Okay. Okay. At least you don't have anyone vacuuming. Oh, that's why I had to close the door. Oh, so now they're vacuuming. So the vacuuming is moved from my house to your house. God. Apparently, Sunday morning. Podcast time is is vacuuming time. See this this is why this is one of the benefits of living alone because the only person who runs the vacuum in my house is me. Right. So I know for a fact that the vacuum will not be running while I'm recording. Really? Although, well, although well, now that maybe, I've said that, maybe you will. I you know what? Maybe I should just you know I'll get the wireless. I'll get I'll get a wireless headset and I'll just vacuum while I'm recording the next time. <laughs> Our thing. You know that'll be a thing. So. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, Dan and Chris save the world, episode eleven. Chris vacuums the house and saves his house from a skunk. I guess I don't know. <laughs> from a fur monster. The fur monster. Oh my god! Did you get to your office? I did. I really did. I had to. Uh-huh. I have this old, shabby, kind of like light beige, very beaten and should be replaced rug that I inherited from the previous owner of the house, mm-hmm. and it it was like a black paisley pattern because of all the hair that was on the floor <laughs> it was amazing and, and she's just like oh thank you for making room i want to shed more Yay. it was probably from the 80s <laughs> just like the movie yeah, yeah there you go it's appropriate for the movie 
So we start with the, we start at the dawn of time. Dawn of and time. And right off the bat, you know, he yeah. makes he makes you know basically a masturbation joke right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, that's you know, and it sets <laughs> the like, tone. That this is what are you're going to be doing. What I at. think they're doing? Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, they are. And he takes the picture of invention of fire. Uh-huh. First artist. I thought it was the the funny for me the stu- the stupid moment. Of course, you know the, the the stupid laugh moment is that he's trying to you know hit the rocks together to make the fire. Then this guy walks in with a torch <laughs> and hands it to him, and he tries to get the torch to light the rock, but doesn't think to actually light the the hay and the, and the sticks underneath. He just hands the torch back, and he's just like, "All right, well, I can't do it." You know, I, I thought it was clever because you know you 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 all kind of expect the torch to come in there, but you almost expect him to ignore the torch or just use it for light. Mm-hmm. But then he actually grabs the torch and tries to light it with the torch. Yes, <laughs> and so I mean, he took it a step farther than I I would have expected, you know, because the torch. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing for me. Let me let me be scholastic for a moment at the least you know some sort of intellectual at the moment yes, when sir, you step back and you look at think about this when you look at each of the vignettes in each of the time periods that he touches on mm-hmm. in history of the world part one there is a, a level of historical accuracy involved in terms of depicting how the culture actually was you know he tries to stick to certain events he starts to he tries to stick to certain tales and, and folklore of, of the each of the the eras that he touches on and then of course he sends he then he turns it on his ear by putting mel brooks humor into it right, right? but his look at, at at the roman culture was fairly accurate and then he of course he throws you know jewish stand-up into it stand-up philosopher stand-up <laughs> philosopher so yeah bullshit artist all right um you know, but it, he did kind of like touch on the fact that Rome did have a lot of advanced civilization to it. You know, there were the way you could hear him, like you know, there the, you know the street vendors obviously didn't act that way. Mm-hmm. You know, but they're talking about aqueducts. I got nothing. Talking, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just you know it, it. I thought it was interesting. The more I'm looking at it from like being 50 instead of being you know mm-hmm. 20. I know I was 19 when I saw that movie for the first time. 18, 19 when I saw that movie. For the first it was time. 11. We were 11 when it came out, or actually, we were yeah. 10 when it came out. Yeah, yeah, but of course, my parents were never going to let me watch it. No. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> we didn't see it till later. You know, but it was it was very interesting to see. I'm like, oh yeah, no, that was kind of how it was. And then, of course, it had a Mel Book Mel Brooks spin on it, right? You know, which I thought was very interesting and on, on how to kind of put that together. Um, and I saw it much, much later. Yes, like a couple <laughs> like, days ago. Yes. But yeah. So Stone Age. Stone Age. First marriage. Uh, first, yeah. The, yeah and where the caveman clubs the woman and carries her away. And then the first homosexual marriage. Yes. Guy clubs the guy and carries him away. <laughs> the first funeral. Yes. <laughs> and, they throw him, yeah, and then they throw him away. I think I missed that part. I think you were too busy texting going, dear God, please help me. I don't want to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. I missed the funeral part. I saw the first two marriages. It, it happened very quickly. They, they did a, they did a you know, quick you know, silence over the body and then just threw the body off, off, mm-hmm. the, off the stage. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I missed that part. Oh, the, and music. How they created music. Yeah, how they created music. Yeah. By slamming rocks on each other's feet. <laughs> 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 and it was interesting that the first the first piece was of course a Christian hymn. 
you know, written. Hallelujah. Yes, an adaptation written by a Jewish man. I thought it's just there's the dichotomy was entertaining. For me. Oh well, I mean, he's a smart man. I mean, he comes. He, really he comes down, you know, and then um, and then we move on to the Old Testament. Yes. These 15, 15. crash. These 10, <laughs> 10 commandments. <laughs> I really thought he was going to do more with Egypt. I really did. I, I thought he was going to do more with that whole thing. Um, he did not. And, mm-hmm. and I, I'm, not, I'm not disappointed, but I was just like, ah, oh, that would have been cool if he'd done a little bit more like interaction between him and, and you know, between Moses and the Pharaoh kind of a thing. I thought that would have been kind of a... Yeah. But two it, on the nose, maybe? I don't know. I think he was trying to focus. He wanted to get to the, to get the to Roman the, Empire and the, the other. Yeah, because a lot of those vignettes were very short, but then you get to the Roman section was huge. Well, then... a little trivia about the Moses scene. Okay. okay. According to Mel Brooks, the Moses scene was a last minute addition. Sometimes you will get very lucky and the set will give you ideas for jokes, Brooks said in a 2012 interview with the Directors Guild of America. One day he was gazing out at the scenery that had been built for the caveman segments. When the gears in his head started turning, I immediately thought, well, where do I go from here? Brooks recalled. Heading mm-hmm. to the shoot, his plan was to skip the Bible and go to Rome. Rome, But eventually he realized that the Stone Age set might enable him to explore another chapter in world history. <laughs> With a, fi- a few minor alterations, Brooks converted his fake caves into mountaintop and the Moses bit was born. Hmm. All right. So it's just a, a spur of the moment thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you, and, you know, that's the thing. We just, you know, when the, when the moment hits, you just got to roll with it, you know? We, yeah. We've had that. We've we've done that, you know, in our videos right. and mm-hmm. podcasts and stuff. You just suddenly, you know, you you, you kind of you feel it and you run with it. And it was and it worked. I mean, it was, a very, it was a very short segment, but you know, it was very memorable. Yes, it was. Uh, these fifteen, ten, ten commandments. <laughs> uh, but, but Rome was really the the biggest section with the French Revolution being right behind it. I'd say Spanish Inquisition. Then the oh, this is, well, the Inquisition was, it was in the kind middle. of a musical number. Yeah, it was, but it was a yeah, it was just a I mean, short. It, yeah, I mean, because because you know he's I think he spent the most time in in those two sections. But yeah, with, true, with yeah. the little vignettes in the middle, kind of a thing. The Spanish was Inquisition was that after there. was that after France. It was after the Roman Empire. So after, between, after Roman before between, France. Between Roman and, yeah, between Roman okay. and French. Gotcha. I just watched it last night. I should remember these things. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I mean, I've been really liking the fact that, you know, I'm, I don't feel like I'm procrastinating anymore. I'm watching it, like, the day that we podcast or the day before, and that helps me actually remember well, what well, the yeah, hell happened to the fresh, movie. It's all fresh in your head, yeah. Yeah. So, so in the Roman Empire, mm-hmm. Brooks is playing Comicus, a stand-up philosopher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he meets, and his agent is Swiftus. Yep, played who, by Ron Carey. I don't yeah, know. Ron Carey, who I remember from uh, Barney Miller. Okay, that's he was right. the I've uh, seen him from. Okay, I knew. Yeah, he was the desk cop that always worked with mm-hmm. the the detectives. And then he, and he, Comicus falls in love with the Vestal Virgin, mm-hmm. <laughs> and in, and befriends an Ethiopian slave named Jose, Josephus. Josephus is Gregory Hines. There's a little soft shoe there. What an entertainer that man was. Oh, my God. It was supposed to be Richard Pryor. Was it was really? It really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Gregory huh. Hines replaced Richard Pryor. Just like in Blazing Saddles, Pryor was originally cast, but had to pull out of the movie. Pryor's, par- Pryor's part eventually was taken by Hines in his screen debut. Just before filming was to begin, Pryor had his infamous drug-related accident catching fire and was getting severely burned. Oh, wow. Huh. huh. So, Wow. What's it? What, what's it like to be in a position where you 
you don't want to be in a Mel Brooks movie so badly you set yourself on fire. I just, right. I mean, you know, these are the questions that need as- answering, I suppose. <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, I, you know, knowing that, and I, I was not aware of that piece of trivia that Pryor was originally cast for Josephus, that would change that entire section dramatically, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, because you have two men who, who handle comedy in an entirely different way. Oh my gosh, yeah. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not not that Pryor was hard to work with because he was an amazing, you know, talent. Everybody always talked about how much fun he was to be around. Mm-hmm. But you it would have been but, different. Yeah. I mean, where Josephus with Heinz, Heinz really kind of relied on his skill as a dancer. Right. And and his very flimsy build, you mm-hmm. know, because because he's a dancer. You know, so he kind of like relied on that for for physical comedy. Mm-hmm. Where prior would be a very kind of more edgy attitude, you yeah. think? You know, oh. so that, that would have been interesting to see. That would have been, yeah, I kind of had much different role there, boy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it, we we get into this a lot with these things. Like, what if you know so and so would have actually done the part, and this is yeah, it would have been. Yeah, I mean, because like the the part the 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 sand dance, whatever it was on the on the stage, right? Ethiopian, you know, that wouldn't have been there if it, with Richard Pryor, probably. No, I don't. Well, I don't know if Richard Pryor had tap dance skills. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, yeah. but it was it's more of a Gregory Hines type of thing. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's interesting. Oh. But then, uh, so then they got uh, Josephus's life is spared when he's conscripted into service of the Empress Nympho. Madeline Kahn. <laughs> <laughs> and there were some there were some very groan worthy puns involved oh in that. I admit gosh. I admit that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh Emperor Nero was played by Don DeLuise, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh Yeah. Let me see. And then there he comicus because does stand up comedy in front of the emperor, and then he gets into the political jokes and and dies, and uh, <laughs> he gets sentenced to death. Yeah, he was he was killing. <laughs> he was do it was it was actually funny, and then all of a sudden he said the wrong thing, and everybody turned the, 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 the big whole crowd fat pig. On him. <laughs> yeah, did he call me a pig? <laughs> and Dom Teluise is next to the pig with an apple in his mouth. Yes. yes. <laughs> And then, uh, so then they, they, he sends them to fight each other. Right. Comicus and Josephus to fight each other. And they do very poorly doing that. <laughs> but then they somehow managed to figure out how to fight their way out of the room. And right. run. <laughs> Amazingly enough, they could. <laughs> Amazingly enough. They're terrible at fighting each other, but they, they had enough skill to get the hell past the Roman legion and get out the door. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> I was very impressed. Yes. <laughs> I, I made the joke to my, um, you know, of course, the only person I was watching the movie with was Juno. And I looked down at <laughs> her, I'm like, who, you know, Mel Brooks, action hero, who knew? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because he did a lot more acting in, in some of his movies than others. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um, yeah, and then uh, Josephus uh, hides in a row of eunuchs. Yeah, if that didn't work. <laughs> and they had a seductive dancer dance in front of him to see who would react. <laughs> Oh. Tanya was not amused. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know how they could keep a straight face during that. Not, not how many takes it oh possibly took. Well, they're professionals, you know. I mean, that's yeah. that's something we've kind of hinted at in other places where you know you wonder how how they how they react to each other and how they manage to keep the straight face. But these are people who are used to that sort of thing, 
and mm-hmm. and you really have to work hard to get him to crack, which which. You know, when you look at the Carol Burnett show, Tim right. Conway had a knack for getting under Harvey Corman's Right, skin. and I was just thinking that had you know? Tim Conway been in this also, I yeah, think... Corman would have been a Corman would have been a, been a wreck. <laughs> he, he would have been on the ground because mm. of um, just how Tim Conway was able to break him up during the Carol Burnett show. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's a tangent for you. There's a, there's a TikTok guy I follow. He's a, he's a musical actor. He's not, he's a stage actor. And one of his most recent parts, he did a long stint as the gen, the genie for the Aladdin stage show. Oh yeah. I see, I see him occasionally. You, I, I, yeah. I, I friended him because I just saw, I wanted to follow this guy because he's got the great little snippets mm-hmm. and he goes into these, he just he goes off the, the script as he's expected to because that's the that's mm-hmm. the the benchmark that Robin Williams created when he first created the genie in the, in the first place, and this guy rose to the occasion on several several events, and I just I kept you keep asking him the same question: How did your cast actually function with you going <laughs> off like this? You know, <laughs> oh, but they're gosh. these are trained professionals, and they yeah. also have there's a certain level of expectation. They know he's going to go off the reservation, so yeah. they are braced for it. You know, well, I saw that in in the Damn Yankees. Um, Jerry mm-hmm. Lewis, Jerry Lewis was um, was in that. Yeah, and he came to Rochester, and he had this whole the whole section where he's just going off on doing doing his own thing, and and other performers they were having trouble keeping you know keeping in character. Yes, <laughs> but it was like, oh my god, that was hilarious though. <laughs> the the fact that these you know they can they can do that. Yeah, they're they're that they're that quick on their toes, where they can you know react and and come up with this stuff, mm-hmm. I, which is why I always love like who line whose line is it anyways. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy that show. It, it's just it's just sheer chaos, and I'm here for it. You know, and it's just the, the stuff they come up with on you know off the cuff on the spur of the moment. It's just amazing to be able to think like that. I'm mm-hmm. I'm good at coming up with it like five minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> the moment has already passed. You're like, damn, that would have been good. I can I can often hang in that kind of a thing for a little bit. I'm you're, I don't have the firepower. Decent, you're decent at it. You you you're definitely much better at it than than most people. Yeah, that, that skills rubbing off. And that's good. <laughs> that's good. I prefer sharing that. But that I, I attribute that skill to the, the the original group of guys I hung out with when I was in college. Mm-hmm. The guys who taught me how to play D anD D. My my first group of of college buddies, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was fast and furious. You either hung with the big dogs or you were just going to get run over. Because we were throwing, we were always throwing elbows at each other. Somebody had an opportunity, they'd throw the shot. You know, we'd all laugh because mm-hmm. it was all in good fun. You right. know, somebody would pick on me. Boom! I throw something. Yeah, Kirk, Kirk would throw at Mike, Mike would throw at Jeff, et cetera. It just went around the horn. You know, Paul would throw shots at everybody because he was smarter than everybody else too. <laughs> so you learned it was sink or swim. So while right. I may have always had the ability to do it, these guys really were the, the, my first influence. Yeah. And, and then you watch, then you watch others doing it. Like the who's line. Is it anyway? Cast Robin like Williams, Robin Williams oh like Billy gosh. Crystal, so, yeah. you know, and you just, you're like, Oh, and you just get inspired by that. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it just you just run with it, mm-hmm. you know, and you hope yeah. for the best. It's crazy. It's it's amazing. It, it, these people are really amazing. It's just yeah. It's just that's where they why they were why they were where they were. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm to think how, see, I can't even I can't even say normal words off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> we still love you, Dan. Yes, we do. We do. Oh gosh. So. Yeah. 
then there's a there's the scene in the okay so back to the movie back to the movie there's a, there's a scene in the empress's chambers of the vestal virgins when they see they come up with a the lineup of the men for the the, the nightly orgy yes no, <laughs> and they no, line up of the soldiers <laughs> no 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 yes oh <laughs> yes yes <laughs> madeline khan oh my god was genius all right, but she was so subtle about it, right? She mm-hmm. was just she had the way of delivering lines and delivering the punchline in a way that you never saw it coming until it was way too late, right? And then mm-hmm. suddenly you realize that she just she's the the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, and she had this amazing talent and and absolutely no she had no hesitation. You know, she was fearless. Just absolutely fearless. Um what a what a loss she was. I mean, she passed away. What she was in 1999. She passed 99, away. 99, December 3rd. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she was on a lot of a, yeah, another Mel Brooks staple. I mean, Young Frank, mm-hmm. Young Frankenstein, Hang, High Anxiety, History of the World, yeah, Yellow Beard, uh, Blazing Saddles. Yep, absolutely. Oh yeah. man, it's just and then he surrounded himself with the the best. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the 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 funniest people of of that time. He he had them around. He had them all around him. It's just, yeah. <sighs> Amazing, yes. Um, let's see what else? What else happened there? Oh, when the the the, the crazy chariot chase when he uh, oh god <laughs> goes into the field of marijuana and makes it he, he makes the marijuana smoke screen <laughs> <laughs> wrapped in paper and the papers paper and the one the one centurion oh, licking it. I'm just like yeah, forms a device. He calls the mighty joint. Roman red. <laughs> and then look, that one centurion, you guys go left, you go right. I'm going to go walking around in a circle right here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, and then they, uh, then they escape to the port, from the port to Judea. Um, yes. And then comics just get the job waiting tables. Right. And he waits <laughs> tables at the last supper. <laughs> All right, so remember that whole talk about historical accuracy kind of went out the window yeah. there, but you know. Yeah, well, one of you has betrayed me tonight, and the apostles are in fear. Comicus says, Judas, yeah. <laughs> do you want some old wine? <laughs> and Jesus is a place like John Hurt. Yes, it was. I, You know, I didn't recognize his face at first, but then I heard the voice, and I'm like, oh my God, I know who that is. Yeah, I mean, geez. <laughs> and then Leonardo da Vinci came in to paint the portrait. <laughs> to paint the Last Supper. Wait a second! I thought there was a timeline here. Yeah. So, so yes, the 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 the, the historical uh, the historical accuracy it does not hold truth of the whole movie. No. <laughs> he he makes no. references to things and the way he sets certain things up. Yes, but but you know he does you know. not actually adhere no. to to actual. We got to do for the comedy there, you know. Yes. Comicus holding the a silver plate behind Holy, Jesus. Yes, for the halo. Yes. <laughs> Oh jeez, <laughs> Jesus! Yes, <laughs> Jesus! <Christ. laughs> yes, there was a lot of groaning on oh my, my part. I like, oh. <laughs> there wasn't downright laughter like you guys, but mm. there's some groaning. Oh, like yeah, I remember yeah. the first movie that I really, really laughed at. I think was like it was uh, either Naked Gun or Airplane. I forget which one it was. 
I just remember, I, of course, I was in my frat house, and I might have been, might have had a drink or two. I don't know, but might. I, just remember, I remember with my friend, my 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 you know, fraternity brother Jeff. There, we were sitting there in our TV room watching, and we were just dying, laughing so freaking hard. But um, <laughs> I don't think I've belly laughed at movies. I think it was a naked gun. It was a naked gun you were watching. Mm-hmm. It was. Oh my gosh, that was. Yeah. Anyways, I mean that's that's a series of movies we'll have to do with the movies that made us laugh. Mm-hmm. Did you have you seen the Naked Gun movies, Tanya? Yes, I have. Did you? I, think saw, that was funny? I saw the first one, but I never. It's I never been back years. Okay. Yeah. So I can't tell you. Okay. You can you can tell me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell you what my reaction was. Yeah. But. Oh. Okay. So okay, back to the movie. <laughs> so they moved on to the Spanish Inquisition. The yes. Which is the what's well, that wonderful musical number? That you've been singing all along. Yes, the Inquisition. Let's begin the Inquisition. Look out, sin. We have a mission to convert the Jews. We're going to teach them wrong from right. We're going to help them see the light and make an offer that they can't refuse. That the Jews can't just refuse. Don't be. And Chris, the musical. Oh God, help me! <laughs> uh, with Torquemada, Torquemada. I just got back from the auto de fe. Auto de fe. What's an auto de fe? It's what you ought not to do, but you do anyway. <laughs> Come on, who loves it? Who doesn't love a good musical number? Apparently, Tanya. Do that. Will you convert? No, no, no. Will you confess? No, no. Will you? Yeah. Oh, dance break. And then you got the, of course, sick and I swimmers. Yes. <laughs> Call in the nuns. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, and then great. that runs us right into the French Revolution. Yes, of course, because that's what always happens. Yes. <laughs> Didn't you know? Now, John Cleese turned down the role of Count de Money due to scheduling conflicts. Ah. But um, back in the Spanish because Jackie Mason and Ronnie Graham were uh, cameos in the Jewish torture victims. So Jackie Mason was one of them. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. I did remember seeing him there. Yeah. Yeah. You were were saying all all the the who's who of of comedy. Mm hmm. It's crazy. So. I think, you know what, I, now, I'm just going to cycle back for a moment to the chariot chase scene. Mm-hmm. It would have been 10 times better if the getaway driver was Cheech and Chong. Oh, jeez. When did they become big? I, I think right about the 80s. Let's see. Hang was on, it that early? It. Where is my Google? Oh, yeah, because without the marijuana. Seven, they debuted in 71. Yes, they mm-hmm. were around. When did, I don't know when they were in movies, but they had an album in '71. Mm-hmm. When was what was the first Cheech and Chong movie? The first movie was Up in Smoke, 1978. Buddy Stoner comedy. So that would yep. have been that would have yeah that would have definitely uh yeah been the time frame. So if they had been the ones driving the you know the, the <laughs> cart, and then and then our four quote unquote heroes were in the back, then yeah, and and you could just imagine them and, and you know and uh, Gregory. Heinz character all kind of teaming up to roll the the mighty joint, or or they or they have like a joint stand or a joint stand. Uh, yeah, see, see <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> I can't believe we're having this conversation. I can't really can't believe it at the moment. Well, considering their, their first movie was a, an up and smoke, a you know, stoner comedy, you know, it, it's appropriate. <laughs> yes, but that would have definitely, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, French Revolution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and like I said at the beginning, you know, it's as much as it's a, it's a Mel Brooks movie, and there was the ridiculous aspects of it. This was really kind of. A snapshot, you know, a caricature, nonetheless, but a, caric- a, a snapshot of, of really the how the world. it looked, you know, of, of, of what the situation looked. Mm-hmm. The history of the world. Mm-hmm. Was, you know. But yeah, um, Cloris Leachman played uh, Madame Madame Def- Defarge, who incited uh, the mob to plot the French Revolution. Yes. <laughs> and then you had the whole, you know, um, the king and, and, and the, the servant. Sharing the same appearance, so yeah, the the, the piss boy. Yes, the piss boy, <laughs> which led to uh, uh, levels levels of comedy. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then uh, yeah, it's good to be the king, which was used re- repeatedly. Yeah, no, Mel Brooks, of course, was the king, but did play the king and the mm-hmm. piss boy, and that was uh, re- um, recycled in Men in Tights. Yes. Yes. You know, um, I was trying to think of, there was some other things. Uh, You know what? That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because there was a, a song and I can't remember if it was during the French revolution scene, but it reminded me of the men in tights song. Like there was, there was a, there was a theme there. Like there was there. Oh God. I can't remember if it was during the Roman times or whatnot, but I remember the musical cue. I was like, wait a minute. Didn't he use that again in one of the future movies? Hmm. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and watch it again. It's possible. Tanya, I mean, it's, it's, it's you, you want to come over and we'll watch the movie again together? <laughs> I think the no. silence speaks a thousand words there. Yes. <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion she is not muted because of vacuuming in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, I wasn't muted at all. I was just choosing to ignore that. Yeah. I love you dearly, but no. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Then, then, of course, they had the running, the, the miracle joke through the, through the movie. Right, the horse. The horse. It'll take a miracle to survive. Considering that the oh. horse started in the Roman Empire, but then in the French Revolution, miracle sh- shows up again. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what you do. But because the characters were in the, fr- the French Revolution, Josephus arrives in a cart pulled by miracle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the 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 woman who was playing the love interest in the French Revolution was not the same actress as the Roman times, was it? No, it was a uh, Pamela Stephenson. Yeah, who was asked Louis King Louis to free your father, right? And he said, "Humperdinck." Yeah, you know, and I I can imagine that that scene alone, if that movie were made today, that scene alone would get you know the cancel culture folks all up in arms. Oh my gosh! You know, they would just they would have gone nuts. I mean, the thing is, is unfortunately that was accurate. Mm-hmm. It's that's what happened, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Then, but his depiction of it would have been probably uh, uh, frowned upon, is what we'll say. 
Yeah, and they won't even people won't even try that today. I don't think. So yeah, uh, let's see what else happened. Is it? So we we agreed that this movie could not be made as it is today. Oh yeah, absolutely. Besides the fact you don't have the right. I mean, the the people made the movie. I mean, right. The, the, you want you want you don't have these type of comedians today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can't imagine. I mean, a lot of them aren't around, aren't around anymore. But yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, most of that cast has passed away at this point, hasn't they? I mean, wow, that's no Brooks is what ninety five now. Yeah, he just had his birthday this past week. Yeah, wow. I remember I remember saying making a mention of it in Nerd World News. Mm-hmm. And who else is still around even? I wonder. Jeez. Mm, look at all this stuff. So and so was. So and so was. So and so was. Oh, the one the woman who played uh the the love interest, she's still alive. Oh, Pam, uh, Pam, Marianne. Pamela. Mary Margaret, Pam, um, Pam, Pam, Pamela Stevenson. The- yeah, she's married to uh, Billy Conley, who was in um, uh, Boondock Saints. Uh-huh. The, I think she's, the second one. She's in New Zealand, 1971. I would say mm-hmm. her picture is kind of scary. Can you say like 80s? Well, well, the one I'm looking at is not scary at all. Oh, the one that's on IMDb <laughs> is oh. is really really scary. Oh, the one, the one I have on Wikipedia is not scary at all. For who? The, Pamela the, Stevenson. Yeah, if you hop over to uh, IMDb, the, the picture they have it from 1992 is the one that they're showing. <laughs> oh, jeez. Hold on, I will send it via Pamela Stevenson IMDb. Yeah. Oh my God, 80s hair. Holy <laughs> <laughs> 80s hair. Can I tell you that that no, like that one's scary? So it's like, come on, at least update your photo. <laughs> but she hasn't done anything since 1994. Yeah. She was uh, uncredited in, in Columbo. Well, she's a psychologist, writer, and performer. Yeah. That's definitely a very young picture. Definitely 80s, whatever. She's got one earring in. So... <laughs> And and Let's see. got too close with the Aquanet. Who else is still alive? <laughs> Shecky Green is still alive. He no, he can't be. Who? Is he 117? She- Shecky Green. He was born in 26. He's he's 95 also. Wow. Huh. That's amazing. Born, born Fred Sheldon Greenfield. Huh. Oh, were you looking at what Shecky Green? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he played the general, to... didn't he? He was the, ro- the yeah, yeah. He had planned to become a gym teacher, but had performing <laughs> comedy in Chicago at mob run mob run nightclubs. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um... Hmm. Okay. So yeah, he's there's a couple still alive, but yeah, I mean it's huh. it's crazy. Um. Yeah. So, any other thoughts on the movie here? On the movie itself? Yeah. I had a kick out of it. I, mm-hmm. it, it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't my favorite comedy movie of all time. 
you know, and there, and, and when you look back at it with 21st century sensibilities, there are some definitely some grown worthy moments going on there, yes. you know, but I got a kick out of it and it was some, there was some nostalgia, you know, to looking back to, you know, the eighties when we were kids and we were learning, you know, about comedy for the mm -hmm. first time and we were, we were, you know, we were laughing at adult humor rather than laughing at, you know, Big Bird and, and Sesame Street making kid jokes and stuff like right. that, you know? So in the eighties, we were adolescent mm -hmm. and coming into figuring out what was going to happen next. And, 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 and of course there was very, it's, it's interesting to see, uh, you know, how certain sensibilities age or don't age, you know? Right. You know, if, if, like if your kids had watched this movie, what would they have thought? If my kids watched this movie today, like right now yeah. at 18, 19 years old? Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure Jules would have probably gotten up and walked out at one early, early, mm -hmm. because this is just not her kind of humor. Yeah. Ian might have hung in there and gotten through the Roman section. If, if he had not gotten up after or during Rome, he probably would have gotten up early in... Uh, um, French Revolution. I think he was stuck around for the musical number just to get a giggle out of that and then moved on. <laughs> I don't think they would have appreciated it. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really kind of a movie that's made for our generation and older, mm -hmm. possibly. I mean, it's really, it's, it, you know, kind of thing doesn't, doesn't age well. No, I mentioned it the other day, my coworker Anita just burst out giggling and, <laughs> and she just shook her head. I'm like, yeah, and then one of the other kids is like, oh my god, Monty Python, but I'm like, it's not a Monty Python, but it's in the same thing, and then they went all off on Monty Python and things like that. I'm like, oh, you guys are killing me here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. That's just me. Well, is, is Monty Python more timeless than, than like the Mel Brooks movies? Um, <laughs> do, they, do they get into the political stuff as much, or do they just get into stupid humor? I think it's just absurd. You yeah. know, Monty Python is theater of the absurd. Right. When Mel Brooks, he, his stuff talks, you know, you bring political stuff here. There's more mm -hmm. edgy in a different way. Right. You know, so uh, Monty Python could be a little bit more timeless just because of that versus this is, you know, they were talking about in, in Mel Brooks stuff. There's, you know, stuff that you probably wouldn't, you wouldn't do today at all. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that you wouldn't do today. No. Yeah. Hmm. Well, on that happy and pious note, <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a quick break. We're going to absorb the the discussion. We got an episode. And when we and when we return, we will be theorizing uh, what movies we will be talking about next, and uh, and have our question of the week. Coming back in 27, 26, 25, 25 24, 23, 3, 2, 1. <laughs>
And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dudes and dudettes, and all and every single point in between. We hope you guys are having a great week so far. I hope you're having some fun. I hope you, if you have not seen this movie, you take a moment to go watch the movie. Um, we we talked about History of the World Part Two. Yeah, we we, we, we touched on that during the break, um, <laughs> where the the final sequence of the movie, as the credits are about to roll, is is the. But wait, there's going to be a History of the World Part Two, and there never was. Mm. And and I can't. For life, of me, I looked around. I can't find any information substantiating that there ever was going to be the history of the world part two. I know that some are like, well, he didn't make it because the box office wasn't so good. I can't see anything that he planned on. I think it was like the last joke it was, was joke, that he was right? going to. to Pretty sure it was a joke, yeah. Yeah, and and like, well, the, the Jews in space part, I think a lot <laughs> of that transferred over into what would eventually become Spaceballs five or six years later. Mm hmm. You know, and and just the special effects he was using in that sequence alone, I'm like, wow, he's he's you know he's getting a figure for it. I also, and this is a theory that I came up with on my own, and I have not looked into it. I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. <clears throat> I'm wondering if he decided to suddenly call it History of the World Part One because of Star Wars when it went to Empire Strikes Back. Suddenly, Star Wars was now Episode Four, and Empire Strikes Back, which was being made at the same time, was Episode Five. So I'm wondering if that was his little thumbing of his nose to George Lucas, knowing that he had Spaceballs on the horizon. Hmm. Um, and that's just me. That's me theory crafting. I, it, I came up with it while I was watching the movie last night. I could be really way the hell off base, you know, and I admit that freely. Um, but it just it was something that popped into my head. I did see something about the title of the film in mm -hmm. the trivia. Something yeah, along. It's, a, it's based on a book. Well, that, but oh, um, the, the, um, came up, the Mel Brooks came up with the name of this movie because he was tired of people asking him what his next movie would be. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was something about. Uh, da, da. If there was going to be a part two, and he said no, maybe a part four, but not necessarily. See, and this is where I got the inspiration for off the cuff saying, you know, Flower City Comic Con six, the search for Flower City Comic Con five. Okay. Mm -hmm. On June seventh, nineteen eighty one, just four days before the movie opened in theaters, Mel Brooks was interviewed by the New York Times and mentioned the possibility of sequel. Will there be a history of the world part two? He asked rhetorically. No, maybe a part four, never a part two. <laughs> that sounds like him too it really really does mm -hmm. yeah the music from music in the Jews in Space segment was recycled into Men in Tights number from Robin Hood Men in Tights that's the one okay. that you were talking about the earlier Jews in, okay. nice yeah so. alright very well um, what movie should we do next I'm, and I'm almost inclined to let Tanya kind of pick because I, I, I've abused her twice now with two Mel Brooks movies. <laughs> so I, oh, I, I, you know, I know I think it's it, movies that make us laugh, I think would be a great topic to run on. We can do that. I'll have mm -hmm. to think. I'll definitely have to think and uh, let people know later. I don't know. Is there a favorite comedy, a favorite movie that makes you laugh? Or is it a movie that is not necessarily a comedy, but makes you giggle and laugh and feel good? Off the top of my head, I have not a clue. Wow. Yeah. Remember, I just usually check my brain at the door and things like fair. that. But, That's fair. But yeah, I don't necessarily get the all out giggles like you 
two did in regards to <laughs> Mel Brooks and children. What do you want? We're yeah. children in, in men's in men's bodies. But you That's know what? I, I, Wayne's World. Yeah, Wayne's World. <laughs> I like Wayne's World. You want to do Wayne's World? I like Bill and Ted's. Bill okay. And Ted. uh, I don't know. We, t- we had talked about we, we talked about a couple of sessions ago. We talked about doing um, Bill and Ted sequence because I still have not watched the third one that came out recently. Yeah, neither have I. That was good. I was it was it was entertaining. It was a little predictable, but it was entertaining. Ian's funny Psst, podcast. Hi everyone. <laughs> she just had me a sex. Hi Anne. <laughs> <laughs> she's so stinking cute yes but yeah so so, uh, so we'll decide on a movie off uh, so maybe offline. something like that yeah so, we'll so, so Mel Brooks for now I think we're done with Mel Brooks for now we're done with Mel Brooks for now yeah. I mean because it's just more uh, more of the same like even just Robin with men in tights <laughs> no I you know I think it, we could watch that one because I think I giggled at that one we're men, we're men in tight, men in tight, 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 tight tights. We roam around the forest looking for looking fights. For fights. Mm. We're men. men. We're men. So we're men. Let, let's finish up our Mel Brooks trilogy with men in tights. And then okay. it gives me a week to really to think, think about, about okay. where we're going to go next. That's perfectly fair. I, I will I will suffer through one more because I think I giggled through this one. <laughs> Unlike other Robin Hoods, I could speak with an English accent. <laughs> yes, that one gets quoted quite often. Um, I just have to figure out, is that streaming anywhere? I don't know. Uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Danny has it on DVD. I do. So, we'll, we'll figure that out. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll roll with that one. Okay. All right, my friends, it is time for the question of the week. All right. Tanya. Yeah. Pick a number between one and seven million. <laughs> or 453, whichever one is, is easier. <laughs> uh, let's see. One. Four hundred fourteen. Four fourteen. What single thing makes you most nostalgic? Mm. Ooh. Um, what single thing makes me most nostalgic? I want to say probably going through uh, pictures that um, it like the holidays with my grandparents. And things like mm-hmm. that, because I don't have them around anymore. So mm-hmm. going through and, and remembering that when we're looking through um, pictures or if a family member has passed away and we're all gathered around talking, things mm-hmm. like that, that definitely, when, uh, when the family has a tendency to come together. Okay. <clears throat> I was going to go somewhere similar as far as like looking at old pictures and, you know, just thinking of. You know, the times passed and yeah, I mean, hopefully the pictures are good times, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, so pictures definitely bring up the, the memories there. I'm definitely a very visual person. Yeah, that's a thing. How about, yeah, so you're going to stick with pictures too, Daniel? 
I think so. Okay. Well, I mean, pictures are an obvious one. I agree. Um, as the self-designated uh, most sentimental person in the family for, for the Franks and, and Spiatis, I have artifacts, is what I'll call them. Uh, you know, I have my pictures of my grandparents, and I have, but I have blankets that both of my grandmothers knitted or crocheted. You know, I have mm -hmm. my, my Nana blanket, and then I have my Grandma Helen blanket, you know, mm -hmm. and those are um, treasured pieces. Mm -hmm. um, my dining room table is the is the dining room table that my maternal grand, my Nana and Papa, my mom's parents had. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that it just keeps deteriorating and I, I it, it <laughs> there's like, there's a, there's a water stain on it. And now that I discovered when I was changing out the tablecloth yesterday and I was so brokenhearted mm -hmm. over that, I don't know how to fix that. And it's like, I'm watching this set something like degrade little by little over time and i'm like well i'm probably just going to replace them outright next year and then you know store it nice and clean away and then when i have the money i'll take it to you know like a real honest to god like carpenter yeah. and have them restore the whole thing for me and then i'll give it to like my grandkids or something like that. i don't know mm -hmm. but um you know i have little things like that all throughout you know in my in my office i have little knickknacks that belong to family members in my room, I don't, not so much in my room. Uh, no, I have my, uh, in my sleeping porch, I have the, the rocking chair that was given to my mother when I was born. Hmm. You know, stuff like that. So I have artifacts yeah. that kind of keep me in touch with where I came from in terms of my family, my family oh, line. You have your, what, your grandpa's fleece? Yeah, that's, that's my, my go-to jacket is, is, is that white fleece with the black shoulders. Mm -hmm. That was actually my, my grandfather's. That was my papa's. Oh, wow. And um, and when we were cleaning out his apartment after he passed away, um, we found a whole bunch. My mom found a whole bunch of jackets, and they were really in good shape. And she's like, "I don't want these to go to waste. Maybe you and Ian can use them." And and I remember seeing a picture of him wearing that very fleece, that white fleece with the black shoulders. And I'm like, "That's mine." <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then I grabbed it, and and then I'm I, of course I'm I'm using it much more than he did, but you know, and mm -hmm. wearing it out little by little, but that's okay. It's all good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He had this, he had this knack for, he always carried Kleenex with him. Right. <laughs> there, and, and there was this red windbreaker and I'd had it hanging up in my basement for the longest time. And finally Ian needed a jacket. So he grabbed the red windbreaker and I said, Oh, it was a big Papa's. And he immediately shoved his hands into the pocket and the poor kid got all misty eyed. Cause he pulled out a handful of Kleenex <laughs> and we knew, we knew my grandfather had put it there, you know? Yeah. So, it was, and this was years after my grandfather had passed away. So mm. it was that little touch to, to this mm -hmm. person who was important to us. Yeah. You know, and, and so I have that, I have, you know, a lot of my fine China that I have stashed away at, at this point, but a lot of the fine China that I still have is my grandmother's, mm -hmm. you know, that I have my, my paternal grandmother, my grandma, Helen, I have her good silver in a, in a, white nice wooden box in my dining room so like i said i have artifacts i have these little mm -hmm. mementos uh the end table in my living room is my grandmother's you know th th these things that just remind me of the who's who of the people who are important to me yeah that's that's impressive so from so many different relatives i mean yeah i, I would i have some stuff from my dad i wish i i kind of wish i would have kept a couple more things but he had so much stuff i, I didn't know what to keep exactly you know? that had to be like you know brain <laughs> was, melting you know so i have a you know i have a couple pocket watches of his i have um there's a table there's a table that he refinished that um is in our living room there's a, another dresser downstairs that he had refinished it's in a basement right now mm -hmm. um you know but a lot of other stuff 
you know, like, I wish I had kept a, a camera maybe, but he had so many. There wasn't yeah. like a single one that was, you know, for, for the watches. We had one of his, his friends you know, go through the watches and, and you know, show us some of the, like the more valuable one type of thing to kind of, you know, pick something, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. you know, but it was, there wasn't one particular one that he had all the time or anything like that for almost anything. Cause he had so much of everything, mm -hmm. you know, and he went to, you know, his closets and we got um, all square dance clothes pretty much, but he had you know, tons of everything. And it was just so hard to pick, you know, it wasn't a single camera. It wasn't a single, this wasn't a single that or whatever, you know, so I have some watches from him. I have set a, a couple of pieces of furniture, um, but that's, you know, and I have some of his, his personal stuff, you know, stuff from when he was a kid and stuff. I have a lot okay. of his, uh, cause he kept everything, you know, but he's the only one I really had. I have stuff from my grandfather, I guess, from a couple of my yeah. grandfathers. Um, I, I came across some of his, their stuff and going through the old house and, um, but yeah, I mean, those definitely give you more of a, a, a link to the past. Yeah. You know, and. I have one other person here that you can ask that question to. Who's that? Okay. Okay, ask me. Oh, is this Nana Robin? This is Nana. Hi, Nana. Hello. <laughs> Dan's got a question for you. Okay, Dan. What single thing makes you most nostalgic? Music. Music. Oh, that's oh, a good like one. That. That's, that's a good, very yep. good one. Yeah, that's you a... could think of your old songs. Yeah, mm -hmm. get you right back. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Did I do good? You that's did amazing. Good. <laughs> okay, yeah, here is... you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good answer because definitely music Music is designed to bring out emotions anyways. Yes, yes. it is. In, in general. you know. So she snuck there's... up on me. That's okay. <laughs> She's got her FC first shirt on. <laughs> Fantastic! But that's, a great that's a great answer, though. I, I, I like the music because, yeah, I mean, I yeah. listen to, I'll, you know, I'll listen to older, especially my Debbie Gibson music and stuff. But, you know, right. I listen. But, but music in general brings out emotion, so it makes you. you know, it can definitely, if you associate it music with a certain event or a certain time or whatever. Mm -hmm. then, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, I, I can think of you know particular songs I would listen to. While my you know go, my dad is going through ALS, you know there was you know that's recent, but it still it you know it brought out emotion type of stuff. And of course, there's yeah. the songs from you know high school and stuff like that, where you know are, mm -hmm. that just you know that hits you in that certain spot because of hit you in the going feels. Through, it's going through something at that time in that song for some reason you know related to it and type of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a good answer. I like that. And she give, ran give away. Her, give her and a gold she... star for that one. Yeah. Okay. Gold star. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. She definitely ran away. So on that note. <laughs> <laughs> well then, hey Dan. Hey Christopher. Oh Daniel. Oh Christopher. Oh Christopher. That's just that's just that's, that's just weird, isn't it? <laughs> that's just weird. It got weird, man. It made it weird. It's it's like when Tony said to to Rody, you know, if you if you get it, I'll hold your stuff or whatever. The game. it's like no, you had to make it weird. Anyway, um, hit it. Because this has been SC3's Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con, coming at you September 25th and 26th of 2021 at the Total Sports Experience in Gates. Like us on Facebook, 
follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us wherever we go, and we will lead you to where the entertainment is. You guys have a great week. Have a safe week, and we will talk to you again next week. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. I miss Billy. I know, me too.